Welcome everybody to the UNC Football Podcast, the first of this new 2018 season. And as of right now, there's only two and a half weeks left until UNC actually plays their first game. And, you know, this is fall camp time, and this is hope and optimism, and just a lot of good feelings for the upcoming season for most players, fans, coaches of, of all teams across the country right now. And um, UNC is no different. They're looking at their season of last year at 3-7, and seven, and they're looking to forget about that one and show that one was just basically a blip in the recent success that they've had the past two previous years. So this being the first episode of the season, I think um, I'm going to go over you know what I've seen in practices. It's been two weeks of practices so far, and I've been to four of them. And I'm going to go over like each position and like who I think starting, who maybe make impacts, you know, maybe some of the freshmen that I've seen out there that have looked uh, pretty good. And then after I go over the offense and defense, I'm probably going to go do uh, talk about Phil Steele. Um, his magazine, his digital magazine, he's done for FCS and what he's said about the Bears and that. Um, so let's get a little bit started here. The Bears last year, as I said earlier, were three and seven. Um, coming into this year, they're like they got eight offensive starters returning and eight defensive starters returning. Um, going into the Big Sky, like a meeting they had about a month ago, UNC didn't really get a whole lot of respect. Um, they were picked 11th in the coaches' poll and uh, 12th in the media poll, and uh, Phil Steele in his magazine actually put them as 10th. So there's a lot of motivation for players right there to prove people wrong. And to be honest, I think they're going to do better than those uh, predictions indicate. Like I mentioned, they were 3-7 and seven last year, but if you really had watched that team, um, I think there was a lot of bad luck in there and a couple of games really could have made that record a lot better. When I talk about those couple of games, one that comes to mind is against Montana State, where they were up 21 to seven at halftime and ended up losing 27 to 24. Um, they, you know, they could have just had one touchdown in that second half; they would have ended up winning. Another one comes to mind is that North Dakota, when they played at North Dakota, actually down in that game, 28 to three came all the way back and took the lead at one point in the third quarter. Had like I think got tied again and then took the lead again. They just could not make stops and the deep offense kind of stalled there and that was the game where actually Jacob Nip got hurt and Connor Regan had to come in for the second half and he ended up starting the rest of the season. So if you look at those games, you know, 3 and 7 goes to 5 and 5 and then it's a much different outlook. And you talk about some other games they were in. Um, Southern Utah, who was co-champs of the league, they were down, I think, 21-14 to 14 late in the third quarter in that one. Um, Sacramento State, who finished second or third in the league, they were actually winning at halftime 20-1-20 to in that one. And another one, I'm trying to think, oh, Northern Arizona, they were also down, I think, 20-14 to 14 in that one in the third quarter. All games that they ended up kind of, you know, kind of falling apart in the second half. Um, which was kind of unfortunately a, a theme for last season. And hopefully, you know, obviously we don't want to see that again this year. But, you know, 3-7, and seven, you know, when you just look at that, you think, oh, you know, maybe they think, oh, they weren't very good. But they were actually, I think that there could be a good 3-7 and seven team. UNC was that last year. And I really think of some bad luck 
injuries really killed him. I mean, they could have ended up having another either 500 or above 500 uh, record last year. Um, so after I mention that, now I'm going to get into what I've seen in practice. And actually, uh, fall camp started on August 3rd on a Friday, and the players reported the day before that. And actually this summer, from what I've read, and whether it be on the Tribune or even on some, some of the players' Twitter accounts, um, they had a good uh, summer workouts where it was players only. Um, a lot of the players were here in, in Greeley um, during the summer. A lot of the freshmen were. So when camp started on the 3rd of August, um, everybody was ready to go. And there was, uh, you know, there was, you know, obviously there's still little things you have to go over. But, you know, and, I, and as I went out there, I think on the third day of practice, it was a smooth practice. I mean, you had rustiness and whatever, but it was smooth. Everybody kind of knew what they were doing. There were a couple guys here and there where they had to tell them to be here or there. And as I've kept going, that's become less and less. I mean, the, the practices have actually looked really good. The, the guys have been flowing. Um, they've been hustling. They've been working hard. And um, you, you can kind of tell that they really want to erase last year's 3-7 and seven season and prove a lot of the doubters uh, wrong. So, okay, I'm going to get into who I've, you know, I'm going to go by position, and I'll, we're going to start off on the offense first, and I'll start off with uh, quarterback. Um, coming into this year, it's pretty obvious. Uh, Jacob Nip is going to be the starting quarterback for this team. Uh, Ernest Collins has said it in on the Tribune and in other areas where he said this is Nip's team, um, and he's looked really good out there. The times I've seen him, he's whipped the ball around really well. He knows like the offense, like the back of his of his hand. Um, you know, he's been hitting the long passes, the short passes, the intermediary passes. He's just he's just throwing it. He's just winging it out there really well. I mean, accurate, um, all pretty much all the time. Misses a pass here and there, but he's just been money most of the time I've watched, and been a, pre- a really good leader out there. Um, so you know, there's no doubt he's the starter. No doubt. Where it gets a little bit interesting is the people behind him. I know we, Connor Regan last year came in, finished the season after Nip got hurt in the second, in the I think the end of the first half of the North Dakota game. He ended up doing a pretty decent job. I mean, it wasn't great, but he improved each game and he had his moments and then he had his bad ones, but he didn't do horribly out there. Um, it made you feel kind of comfortable that he was coming back for this next year and you. A lot of people thought, well, he's easily going to be the starter for, or not starter, but the nips back in the next year. But going to practice, it's pretty obvious. You see that Keaton Keaton Mott is looking really good. Um, he, you know, physically he has the size. He has a great. He has a good arm. He just his throwing motion is more like just whipping it out there, and sometimes he just whips it and it just takes off. And he's been on fire and been on the money with a lot of his passes. And to be honest, you know, out, out there in practice I've seen, he's been probably the most consistent. I see sometimes him working with, like, the ones and twos and then, then, then with the threes and then Connor Regan kind of switching off. So it's going to be an interesting battle there for the backup position at quarterback. Um, you know, I mean, I'm hoping during the season they don't really have to play. I'd like to see Nip play the whole season. Maybe they come in in garbage time. But as far as the backups, it's looking like pretty good, even if Nip ends up getting hurt, that 
least they have some capable guys uh, behind them. Um, I'd say that overall, the quarterback position is looking pretty solid for them. Um, so now we'll go on to the running backs. And this was a position at the end of last year, they only had one guy that had carries um, for UNC, and that was Trey Reek, and everybody else had no carries. Um, so you figured they had to do probably one of two things, either get a Juco guy to come in right away or to get uh, a transfer from somewhere, and that's exactly what they did. They got a transfer from Wyoming named Milo Paul. Actually started some games for Wyoming last year, and uh, and he came here. I seen on Twitter, geez, about like a couple weeks before camp was going to start that he was going to come here. And seeing him on practice, he looks pretty solid. I mean, Reek's the man on this team, but I think Milo Paul provides a pretty good another option for them. He's not real big, but he's he hits the hole well. You know, he's quick. He's obviously fast. Um, so I think that's a good upgrade to have as another option besides Trey, Trey Reek out there. And another guy, actually a redshirt freshman named Julian Eisen, has been getting a lot of looks for, in the, for, for the first team out there. Um, another kind of, he's smaller, stocky kind of guy, but quick, fast. Um, I think this year he's going to get his chance to, you know, get some carries and get some you know, passes out of the backfield. Um, I guess I guess all three of them did really well in this uh, week's past scrimmage um, on Saturday. Um, Collins was calling him a three-headed monster. I guess they had good gains rushing the ball and b- balls out of the backfield, catching balls out of the backfield. Um, so that's a good sign to see um, some other guys doing things besides Trey, Trey Reek. And uh, they also have three other running backs on the roster, and all of them freshmen. We'll start off with uh, Braxton George. Um, this kid looks pretty good. Um, I would say if, you know, one of the top three, you know, like let's say, you know, Eisen or somebody gets hurt or, you know, any of these guys gets hurt, I could see him getting playing time. He's quick. He's fast. He makes some great cuts. Um, he's just kind of one of the guys, he he gets the ball and you can, you can tell right away that he's a player. Um, I could see him getting carries this year again if some of the guys get hurt. Um, will, will he... You know, if those three guys stay healthy, will they get carries? I'm not sure, but I could see him getting some some action this, this year. If not, I think he's a future uh, stud for this team. Then you also got Matt Gaddick, a freshman out of Texas. Um, beginning of camp when I saw him, he wasn't getting a whole lot of reps, but recently I've seen him get a lot more reps, and um, he's definitely improving. He made some good cuts out there. I think he's the kind of guy that's going to be like hard to bring down. I don't think it's going to be easy to bring him down um, once he kind of gets going. Um, he definitely probably needs the experience and the size, a little bit more size, but I think he could be a good player in the future for them. And then I think a guy that could be their third freshman they have, Gavin Green. I think he played at uh, Fountain Fort Carson. I think here's a guy that could be like a diamond in the rough out of all the three freshmen, like physically and like the way his body looks, he's the most he's the most impressive. And I've seen you know I've seen him out there. He runs hard every time he gets the ball. He's pretty enthusiastic about a lot of things. So he could be like a like like a diamond in the rough kind of find for them in a future pretty solid player for for the Bears at running back. Um, so the running back position doesn't look as bleak as as at the end of last season. I think they'll get some solid production out of those guys. 
Um, so now we'll head on to the wide receivers. And really there's, you got one guy in Alex Wesley. The, the best, probably the, you know, probably could say the best player on all of UNC's team. He was second team all con- second team all conference last year. Uh, he was second team All American in track. Um, you know, you see him out there, and he makes things look easy. Um, I think the coaches. I think they don't put him as. Yeah, I, he's out there practicing and doing what he needs to do. But I think they let other guys do other things, get in the you know get some time in because I think you know he already knows what he's doing. He's already established. They just probably don't want to get him injured and be. Well, they want him healthy to begin the season. But I see him having another thousand yard season. Um, you know, if Nip stays healthy, you know he could be a seventy, eighty catch kind of guy, maybe fifteen hundred yards. Um, he's 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 a stud. Um, then you go after him, and it's a crapshoot on who's going to get playing time. Um, there's it's really wide open for. I mean, a, a ton of guys on this team. Um, if I had to talk about maybe, you know, let's see. Uh, after Wesley, a guy that I've kind of noticed out there um, has been uh, Sam Flowers, the JUCO transfer out of Ventura Community College. Um, He's a smaller guy, but when you look at him, his legs are, are huge. Um, and as the practices have gone on, he's been doing some really crisp nice nice routes and catching the ball and um I could see him being a big time contributor this year maybe not right right away but I think he will eventually be getting a lot of balls thrown his way another kid I've seen is uh, Noah Soul he's a sophomore I know he played some last year but I think he ended up getting his ankle broken about uh, maybe midway through the season and ended up having to sit out the rest of the season if you look at him, a tall kid, and he's good-sized. Um, definitely a big target out there. Um, somebody, I think, could catch the ball and not easy to bring down. I see him definitely getting a chance. And then I'm going to get into two guys that they've actually switched uh, positions this year, changed positions on them. First, I'm going to go with Willie Fairman. First couple of years here at UNC, he's been a defensive back. Um but this year they've switched him to wide receiver. Looks like more like an inside slot receiver. Um, if you look at his high school days, he was actually a running back where he was a dual threat. So this won't be this won't be new to him. He's been on the offensive side of ball before, um, and I've seen him. I saw him in spring. They put him in spring, and he kind of seemed like you know he was a little bit lost. But now I've seen him in these fall, and he's looking way better. He's looking a lot better out there, making crisp routes and, and catching the ball. So I can see him probably being a contributor too. Another guy they switched positions on was uh, Dante Warren. Came here as uh, a quarterback originally. Um, he even had a good game this uh, spring. But they were also working him in as a wide receiver in the spring. But they pretty much officially turned him into a wide receiver in this fall camp. Um, I haven't seen him play quarterback once, but it's probably a good option. Um, the quarterback situation is pretty good right now. He's a good athlete, and they need wide receivers, so you know it's good to see him out there right now. Um, and I think he could, you know, he can make some plays for the team. Um, then another guy look at is the is the local favorite in uh, Greeley West's uh, Darren De La Croix. Um, he's listed as a wide receiver on the charts, but um, um, 
It seems like he's very versatile. There. I've seen him be tight end. I've seen him be in the slot, and I've seen him be on the outside. A very versatile guy. Um, I think I really think they're probably going to give him a chance this year. Um, and he could also be a big, big, big target for for him. There, he's a big kid. I think listed at six two two thirty. So physically, he's he, he definitely can hang with the, the guys in the big sky. So I could see him getting a good opportunity. And then to round out uh, some of the other receivers on the roster, um, they got uh, Robert Agu Awungayi and um, Kevin Meadows and uh, Patrick Stevens as well. Um, Awungayi is the guy. He he was a transfer from CSU. Um, you know, it's wide open, so really anybody, you know, if given a chance and they do good, could get playing time on, on this team. Um, a couple of the freshmen that I know I've noticed who've gotten some action, and there's a Dante Jackson. He um, he looks like he could probably be a, a returner, punt returner, maybe kick returner. Um, I've seen him practice that. Um, I've seen him also in the slot. And then Jaron Mitchell, probably their top wide receiver recruit. Um, I've heard Coach Armour kind of get on him and practice about certain things. Not always a bad thing. That means that they expect a lot out of him. And um, those two guys maybe not contribute this year, but definitely in the future. But who knows? Like I said, wide receiver, after, pretty much after Alex Wesley, is wide open. I mean, I can see probably Sam Flowers and Noah Soul probably being, you know, mainstays, but it's really wide open position for a lot of guys out there. Um, so after wide receivers, we're going to step into the tight ends. And on offense, this is probably the, probably the position, maybe besides you know, maybe even quarterback, but definitely out of any other position, the one that's has the best depth and probably the one I'm the most comfortable with. First of all, you got the first two two probably starters. You got uh, Thyron Verna, um, had over like I think at 34 catches last year, and that was, and he probably would have had more if Nip wouldn't have gotten hurt. Because I know Nip, he was a major target for uh, Jacob during the games he played. Um, I could see him this year probably being a 40, 45, maybe 50 reception kind of guy scoring touchdowns. He actually had a lot of uh, like long touchdown passes last year. Um, I remember no, I know one against. I think he had one against uh, Northern Arizona that was pretty long. I think even I think maybe North Dakota. No, I'm not sure, but he had a couple. He had some good catches against Idaho State, long ones. Um, he's a player. Um, good article on him in the Tribune about how in the past three years he's worked really hard, pretty much lived in the weight room. Um, had a lot of personal records over the summer this year. Um, only thing is, I know they kept him at spring practice. I think he had maybe an in- injury to his knee, some kind of surgery he had. And one of the practices I went to, he came out with a little, looks like he came out of it with maybe a, a knee problem. But the past few practices I've been to, he's been there. So, you know, I hope he can just keep healthy and he's going to get pretty, you know, get big numbers if he does. Uh, the other tight end is Michael Michael McCauley, a big kid, um, but also a good, uh, good, really good tight end. Um, he may not get as many catches as Verna, um, but I can see him. I think he had 13 last year. I think I could see him doubling that and getting some, you know, get key or red zone uh, touchdowns as well. He, those two really good tight ends for UNC. And then after that, they got about three other guys. I mean, De La Crow, who I'd said mentioned. Who lined up a tight end? I think he's going to be a weapon. Um, I think even this year, and if not this year, definitely in the future. 
Um, and another um, exciting guy that they have, a true freshman, uh, Randy Clemens, out of uh, Quartz Hill, California. In his, uh, like, tape, he lined up at receiver quite a bit, whether it was a slot, whether it was way outside. I um, mean, with UNC in practice, I've seen the same things from him. I've seen him line up in the H-back spot. I've seen him line up uh, on tight end. I've seen him line up inside. I've seen him line up on the outside. So he's a good good prospect for the future. Um, maybe even, you know, God forbid the top guys get hurt, maybe he gets a chance. Um, but they're pretty good at the tight end position right now. And they also got another guy named Garrett Beatty um, at a Broomfield redshirt freshman. He's more of like the Macaulay style, um, kind of tight end, kind of a bigger guy. Um, they have... You know, then, you know, Clemens and De La Croma were like the Vernon style. But this is, a, I think, a position where they're like pretty loaded at and, you know, probably expect some good things from. Uh, and then we're going to go into the offensive line. Um, last year it was up and down. It was uh, injury-ridden, probably a different lineup every single game they went out there. I don't know if they had the same one from game to game. Um and, you know, all, all I'm hoping for and pretty sure all the coaches are hoping for is consistency. Um, if they can throw out the same guys every game or close to it, it'll be a, and it'll be an improvement over uh, last year. Um, from what I've seen so far, like today I, I saw on this line, I think what they've going for, I think at center, they had uh, Cody Wilson line up at center. They had left guard, I think was Kevin Williams Jr., Right guard was uh, Zach Wilkinson. Right tackle, I think, was Ergen Bright. And left tackle was Lazell. So I think those are the guys that they're probably going to go with. Um, or maybe go with. We'll see. Who knows? The, those guys at least will probably be the first guys to get the you know the first chances. Um, and then you look at uh, other guys. I mean, I know Jeremy Sadler had some starts uh, last year for them. Um Let's see, I think maybe, yeah, oh, and also a couple a couple freshmen I've seen today um, work with, like, the ones and twos was uh, uh, Max Bruner and uh, Kalen Keenan. Kalen Keenan at uh, the center position, and then uh, Max Bruner, I think, was at guard. So, I mean, you know, maybe those kids get a chance. I think as long as they can find consistency there, it'll be better than last year. Um, so far, no injuries. Nothing you're hearing from, you know, from that. Um, but, you know, that's going to be key to this offense. Take a consistency out of, the, out of the offensive line. They're definitely going to improve. And with the offensive line playing well, they got weapons then on offense. And this could be an extremely exciting offense. Um, you know, with, you know, I mean, all three of the running backs that probably are going to get a chance are, are dual threats rushing and receiving out of the backfield. Um, two really good tight ends, um, Alex Wesley. And if they can have at least maybe one, two wide receivers step it up, um, you know, and with Nip back there, you know, all you're going to have to do, other, all those guys are going to have to do is be able to catch the ball and create a little bit of space from um, the defenders, and, they, you know, they should have good seasons. I'm pretty excited about the offense. I think... You know, if everything goes right, it's going to be a fun offense to watch, and people are going to put up um, big numbers. Um, so now we head on to the defense. The defense last year, it was definitely it was a struggle, to be honest. Um, against the pass, they were good. 
against the rush, it was a struggle. Um, they let way too many big-time running plays. Um, when they had short yardage plays in third and fourth down, teams were going for it and making it. Um, I mean, I just remember Idaho State, Montana State, Southern Utah games at home where it was like fourth and two or fourth and one, and they were going for it inside their own territory, you know, because they knew they could get it. So um, there's got to be improvement against the run game. Um, but first we'll get into the cornerbacks, which is, was the strength of their team defense last year and probably be the strength again uh, this year and probably the most depth out of any position on this whole team offense or defense. Um, they returned their two pretty much main starters in uh, Marshawn Cameron and Isaiah Swopes. Um, they also returned Michael Walker, who also got a good amount of playing time. Um, and then Tyree McNeil and Denario Critton. Um, I've seen him practice uh, being there quite a bit, and I think they will get a lot of chances this year. And then they also brought in um, uh, Paul Wilson from Copia Lincoln, Mississippi, which I think also Isaiah Swopes is from. They got a little little pipeline from there and from Ventura uh, Junior College, um, where uh, Connor Regan and uh, Sam Flowers are from. So a little pipeline there. And I also know uh, uh, Trey Jones, um, a redshirt freshman. I know in the Tribune was getting catching the eye from uh, of Ernest Collins, and I saw him today with the ones and twos. So that's a good sign. So if you look at that, they have probably. Um, six, maybe seven guys at, at cornerback that are solid players. Um, four guys that would, with probably good experience. Um, you know, Juco is going to come in, and I think Tyreek McNeil is going to get more action this year. He looks he looks pretty good out there right now. Um, so in the Big Sky, where big time quarterbacks, I think they had. And you know, if you look at you know Phil Steele's or I looked at Athlon's All American, I think. A couple of them were big sky quarterbacks. I think Eastern Washington's and I think UC Davis's um, and Northern Arizona's. All teams UNC play, and fortunately, those three, they play at home. Um, so having depth and a lot of cornerbacks is going to definitely benefit them in the big sky this year. Um, so we'll head on now to safeties. And you got uh, Sharon Boyd out there, the veteran. Um, you know, he's, he's going to be solid, probably one of the leaders of the defense. Um, he also had a very good article. I think the Tribune had it on him. And I know YouTube, UNC's channel, had a really good uh, feature of him on how he's helping out the community at the schools. And it's a good thing. I mean, this guy's a good guy. Um, definitely a leader. He's going to be a leader on this team, probably a leader out in the community when he gets done with football. And, you know, definitely a guy that's probably going to succeed in life. But after him, we got Esteron's going to probably play the free safety position, and then probably strong safety is probably going to be Jerome Jackson. Um, and also Kiefer Glau has been, I think, played some of that last year. But I know the other day I saw him walking around limping, um, and then the next day I seen him kind of stretching it out and working with the trainers, and then today I don't think I've seen him. So I think probably start to start to see, and you're probably going to see Jerome uh, Jackson out there and um. Two other guys are working with the ones and twos of redshirt freshmen this year, both Raleigh, North Carolina natives, uh, Zach Vincent and Jamon DeBose. Um, they look they look pretty good out there as well. So I think they got like a good starters. And then they got some solid uh, backs up there in the, in the safety positions. Um, and I think the freshmen, I think the freshman ones are Ditzenberger and maybe and maybe Pope. Um, so I mean, 
they're pretty good. You know, again, they have some like pretty solid uh, starters and backups at the safety positions. Now we head into the linebackers. Oh, and they pretty much in defensive backs. They bring back everybody except for Stone Kane, their leading tackler from last year. But I think Drone Jackson and some other guys will fill in quite well there. Um, now we head to linebackers. Um, we got some quite a few of the returning uh, tacklers are back. At, you know, two of the main ones with Henry Stelzner and uh, Luke Nelson, and also uh, Noel Reed and Denzel Hatcher and Peter Mitchell will, will be back. Um, you know, they struggled against the run last year and has a lot to do with up front there. But, you know, I think we even got a little bit, need to get a little bit better linebacker play. Um, but they have quite a few guys with experience there. So, um, you know, I, I expect them, I expect them to be better. And in, in, in practice, they've been doing a good job. Um, times where the, you know, there's times where the offense will get, break off good runs, but there's times where the defense looks good. And if you want to look at like some positive, I know the last game of the season against a running team who pretty much just runs the ball all the time in Cal Poly, UNC didn't, didn't give up a touchdown. Um, they gave up yards, but then they always stalled them out, which is good too. Um, so there's a positive there, and hopefully they can carry that on into this coming uh, season. And now we're heading to the defensive linemen. Um, probably the one area where I'm kind of like worried about um, if you look at some of the defensive linemen, um, if you want to look at like the ends, definitely have Stud and Kiefer Morris. Um, I think he had like 14, 13 tackles for loss last year, uh, nine sacks. He was, uh, I think, second team, uh, all big sky. Definitely their stud on their on the defensive line. You know, hopefully they can get uh, somebody else out there that can put pressure on the quarterback. Um, that, that could be the likes of uh, Tank Terrell, who had some pretty good games. And uh, Christian Lee, who actually started as a true, played some games as a true freshman. So, I mean, they have some guys with uh, experience and guys with talent. They just like, I need to see some, you know, per production out of them this year. And, I mean, you're older, I think it, it'll be better. And then you go into the interior defensive line. The guy I haven't really seen a whole lot out of there, Eddie Gonzalez. I don't know if they're maybe he's hurt or whatever, or maybe they're just keeping him, you know. You know, on the sidelines and just making sure. I know he had some big games last year. It's all a defensive lineman for them. Um, I think and they're going to also rely on a couple of the transfers that came in. Matthew Gator from Air Force and Brett Gilliland from Wyoming. You know, um, guys that like FBS programs there and coming to UNC and, and providing some, hopefully, some much-needed uh, help on that defensive line. Another guy returning in, Keenan uh, Leary. Uh, played some, had some time last year for them. Um, and there's one freshman that I've seen that's probably going to get some playing time quick. It's uh, Jean Desir from uh, he's the, he's a kid out of uh, Miami. Um, I saw him today going up against the number ones in offense. Um, he's a little bit shorter, but uh, from what Collins is saying in his scouting report, he's a strong kid. He definitely has the build to play right. He's quick, so I I can see him. But if there's going to be one true freshman getting to play right away, I think it's going to be him. Um, you have, then you have the three other freshmen in uh, Javante Garrett, Jalen Rogers, and Hezekiah Kotlong. I think Hezekiah, he's from Texas. If you see him, you know, up close, he's a big, impressive-looking kid. Um, you know, that time in the weight room and 
you know, getting that experience here at UNC, I think is going to really benefit him, and he's going to be, you know, something special in the future. And same with Javante Garrett and Jalen Rogers. Again, Javante Garrett is like physically already a good-looking defensive lineman, and Jalen Rogers ain't far behind. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if defensive line is probably a position that's hard right away to maybe get into. I mean, you know, you probably have to have the strength, the size, the quickness, um, you know, to maybe make an impact right away. And I think only John Desir has that. The other three maybe lack in other areas. But I think in the long run, I mean, if you have a defensive line of Desir, Garrett, Rogers, and Cotlong in the next few years, that looks pretty good. Um, so... Maybe maybe not right now. You're going to see some things out of him, but definitely um, in the future. And so that's that's the whole defense right there. Um, like I said, you know, maybe a positive is last year against the Cal Poly running team. They looked, didn't allow a touchdown. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can, you know, um, use that as momentum coming into this year and hopefully – I think I think the offense is going to score points. Um, I think they're going to score points, and it's going to come down to that defense, you know, getting turnovers, and um, also making stops when they need to make stops. Um, you know, I can think of some games where they didn't make the stops when they needed them. Um, Montana State, um, Southern Utah, North Dakota, you know, Northern Arizona, Sacramento. You know, there are a lot of times where their defense has kind of caved in. And I think this year they need to make stops. Um, if they can do that, you know, then maybe you know, this team can pull off some upsets. Maybe this team, you know, has a winning record. And you know, I think what you know, I know for myself and a lot of the Bear fans, I know, and um, and I've heard Coach Collins say it that you know, this the goal of this team is to make the playoffs. Um, which, is honestly, some people might think, oh, you know, that's not possible. But I think it is. Um, yeah, I really do. I, think, I really think it is. It wasn't like the last year UNC was heading out there and just getting blown out. They just kind of maybe missed some of their opportunities. And I think this year, if things go right, I, you know, they could get one of those playoff spots. Um, so I'm really looking forward to... I'm really looking forward to this season. I can't wait. I actually got my season tickets today. Um, so, you know, I can't wait for you know, um, September 1st against a pretty good... Um, a McNeese State team, and speaking of McNeese State, I'll, I'll get more into the schedule. I think next week I'm a, I'm gonna talk about the scrimmage. I'm gonna go to the night scrimmage this Saturday on the 18th at seven o'clock. I'm gonna go to that, check that out, and I'll probably talk about that in next week's podcast. And also, uh, you know, probably go over their schedule, go over their more schedule in depth. Um, and that'll that'll be next week's podcast. And then the week after that. That's when I'll give the preview for the, the game against McNeese State. And going forward after after that, I'm probably two podcasts. I don't really want to stretch these things out like really long. I mean, I'd like to keep them anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes. We'll see. I might have just one about, you know, the review of the week before his game and then a preview, another one for a preview for the upcoming week. And I'm, we'll see. I might do that all in one, maybe. But, you know... Or like it do all in one, but we'll see. Um, so that's what um, these next couple of weeks, you know, it's just going to be waiting around. Can't wait. And I'll probably go out to a few, few more practices to, you know, just check them out and see how they're going. Um, but you can already see that you could already see, you know, this team forming. Um, they're looking good out there in practice. Like today, 
they were doing situational drills and situational situations out there, and it was fun to watch. They were being physical, um, you know, so I'm, I'm definitely ready for it. And before I end this thing, I'm going to go over um, some of Phil Steele's uh, stuff he had about UNC. And people don't know about Phil Steele. He runs a college preview. Mag- he actually has a professional one, but he has a college preview magazine. It's the, it's the best. Um, it's like 350-some pages of preview for the season. Um, like if I know for the FBS one, it's they literally get two pages every team. Every team gets two pages, plus he has his – he talks about, you know, conference – all conference players um, – and he has all Americans he picks, you know, power rankings and, and all that. It's just really in-depth. And, I mean, it's the only magazine I get anymore. I don't even really mess with the other ones. And this year he actually put out an FCS one. It's not like a magazine, but it's actually a digital one that I got the other day. Um, and it's all FCS. And they, he gives FCS, like every team, not not two pages, but he gives every team a page, uh, which is still really good uh, coverage for people who care about the FCS level. And... uh Gotten re- I just, I've, so far, I've just read UNC ones, and I haven't read any other ones yet. But it looks, it look, you know, looks pretty good. I can't wait to get into it more. Um, and his, so I'm gonna, so I'm gonna get into it right here. Um, in his preview uh, for the Big Sky, yeah, I know he has uh, he has Alex Wesley as a second team a wide receiver, uh, which is pretty good when you look at the wide receivers in the league. Uh, many predicting Keelan Doss from a. UC Davis is maybe the best wide receiver in FCS. And also there's, I think, Mitch Geller out of Idaho State. I think Montana might even have a good wide receiver. So, you know, when Alex Wesley's second team, that means he's definitely big time. Um, then he got to actually here's Kiefer Moore, so his first team big sky defensive lineman. Um, but Kiefer's definitely their best uh, defensive uh, lineman, maybe even outside, maybe maybe a cornerback, so he's probably the best player on the defense. Um, then he also has he has Henry Stelzner as third team at linebacker, and uh, Marshawn Cameron as a third team cornerback. So, actually three. You know what people might think in the, the weaker part of this team, defense. He has actually has three guys on um on his like big all big sky team, and uh, you know hopefully that comes true, and hopefully maybe a couple other guys could get on that. And he also another cool thing he also he has he's has you know position rankings for F- FCS uh, you know which is you know which is awesome I mean it really gets in depth on this um, so when you look at it he got Kiefer Morris, Morris as the 19th ranked defensive end um, he has Colin Root as the 19th ranked kicker and actually Colin Root I've seen him play linebacker um, and Collins in, in the Tribune also said that he's probably going to be playing linebacker so that's going to be interesting having a kicker as your as your linebacker and actually their punter actually plays safety too so it, I don't know how many teams uh, have that and then he has uh, Jacob Nip ranked as his 19th ranked QB and I think Nip's probably I'm going to say it, he's probably the most underrated most least known about really good quarterback not just in the big sky but all in all of FCS and I really hope he can put pull together uh, you know, healthy season this year, play the full season. I think and his numbers are going to show that. Um, my guess, I'll go out there and say I think he can be a 3,000-yard passer, throw 30-plus touchdowns. Um, he's that kind of he's that kind of good. So you know, I hope I hope he can be healthy all season. You got your Trey Reek. 
as a 66th ranked running back in FCS. He has Alex Wesley as a 22nd ranked wide receiver. And then at, this is, you know, this is how talented UNC is at tight end. He has Theron Vernon as a 9th ranked tight end and Michael McCauley as a 26th ranked tight end. So, you know, if anybody wants to look at that, I know it's on Phil Steele's website. It, it does cost some money, but digitally, uh, it's $9.99. But, you know, if you're really into college football, especially at the FCS level or UNC or whatever, it's definitely worth it. Um, probably read some more of it um, later on and definitely use it for my previews during the year. But that, that'll be it for this week. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, I'm coming back next week with one about the scrimmage and then going over more of their schedule. So, so I guess until next time, uh, vamos ojos. Tied up, no more love